Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today we're up to episode 29, I'm pretty excited. This is the Cognitive Load episode. So today, if you're new to Cognitive Load, Cognitive Load is the theory that your working memory is limited in terms of how much it can handle. So it can handle, if you're a novice, about four items to be thinking about at once, whereas if you're an expert in this content area, then you can handle about eight items at once. So basically... If you're coming as a student and you're learning something for the first time, you'll handle about four. But if you're really experienced in this area and you're an expert, you can handle eight items as you're trying to work through and relate them and make connections and analyze and all those kind of higher order thinking skills is what tends to require those higher numbers of items in your brain. It also includes the idea that how long you can handle these items is limited as well. Now, There are three different types of load when it comes to cognitive load. One of them is intrinsic, which is basically the content itself has its own load. The idea that some things when you learn them are easier compared to the other things that you're trying to learn. The germane load is the load of the working of learning. So basically, this is the load that comes with what you're asked to do with that content. So if you're just asked to learn the content to kind of memorize a particular aspect that's fairly low working uh, or germane load but if you're asked to analyze something that's a really high germane load because you've got to connect multiple items at once the other load that affects your cognitive load is the extraneous load and this is the way the content is presented i think we've all had this experience when we've been sitting down we're getting ready to learn something and someone's going to present things to us they open up their powerpoint and you see tons of words and the person's going to talk about the words and read the words to you and it just is frustrating for you Uh, Or maybe you're looking at something and it's got 600 different pictures that aren't quite related to each other. Uh, Or maybe you enter a room and it just seems to be cluttered everywhere. And that's your extraneous load. And that's why if you want to do really deep focus work, it's really important for you to work in a cleaner and more organized environment because it reduces the extraneous load and actually frees up your mind to be able to do better work in terms of how you're thinking and the load that's being put onto your brain while you're doing this learning or while you're you're applying uh, what you've already learnt. But let's talk about some strategies now about how cognitive load actually affects what we should do in our classrooms. So one thing is that we should be selective with what we put up, whether it be images or words, uh, especially with multimedia. We need to be selective. We don't, we need to declutter the learning environment and this is essentially just removing the extraneous load from our students with what we're asking them to do Uh, this can particularly be important when you're looking at audio and text and explaining images it's okay to have an image with text close to it but if you're going to have an image with a whole bunch of text and you're going to read it to someone while they try and read it you're putting on a lot of load there that's not needed so your idea here is to basically reduce the extraneous load by being selective with what you actually present and how you present information to your students. Next is that you want to present all the required information at once. Now, that might sound counterintuitive to the idea of being selective, but the idea here is really 
if you're going to teach something and there's a whole bunch of stuff that relates and then you're going to ask the students to do something with that, then you need to make sure that you cover all that they need to be able to do the activity you can ask them to later, but then provide them with some kind of summary of what has been presented so that they don't have to constantly be trying to think back and remember something that you just said. They can actually just look at it at a glance and it therefore decreases the load on their brain in terms of trying to remember something. They can quickly look down and refresh themselves by seeing that nice summary. So presenting everything that they need at once for a task you're going to ask them to do. Another strategy that we can do, that we can use to help reduce the cognitive load on our students is actually to chunk content together. So when you're going to teach things to your students, the way our mind works is that basically we're going to take things that are new to us, we're going to connect it to stuff that we already know, and we're going to basically kind of chunk that information together as we store it in our memory. So if you are presenting content to your students and it actually is related to other content that's already been presented or it relates to what you're going to present next or as you're designing your unit you can see that there's particular items that you're meant to be teaching that relate really clearly to each other if you bring that all together for your students it will help to reduce the cognitive load for them and enable them to learn it easier and store it a lot faster and it makes it easier too for their recall for them to then be able to do that higher order thinking where they need to use you know five six seven or eight items in their brain at once if they've got it as a chunk it enables them to kind of bring the chunk out as one item and then interact that one item with other things that they already know another strategy that's really important is for us to highlight and make it really obvious when something is important So when I'm going to teach my students something and they know it's going to come up later or it's a really foundational piece of knowledge for something else that's coming up or that's going to be the base for a whole unit that we're going to be learning, I need to make sure I draw my students' attention to this. And so what I might do is I might slow down. I might repeat myself. That's right. I might repeat myself. I might highlight the text or I might highlight the images I might have, you know, a, a meme that, or a gif that goes off the whole time. I might even use a horn or a whistle or something just to draw attention to it and make sure everyone is awake and paying attention and going, this is important. Another strategy I like to use is to use acronyms and mnemonics as I teach things. So one of the things I like to use is the acronym SEXY when we're talking about the structure of a paragraph. So we have our you know, our statement at the beginning, we're going to expand on that. You're then going to have an example and then tell me why what you're saying in this paragraph actually matters for the argument that you're trying to make. Another really cool way to help students with their memory is to do a kind of a visual walkthrough. Our minds are really visual. And if there's a lot of content that students need to be able to remember and regurgitate, if you teach them this strategy, I saw this strategy, I think, in a TED talk from you know, one of those people who memorize cards, decks of cards really quickly. And basically what they say they do is that they imagine walking through their house and they imagine each room and they imagine particular items in those rooms. And they're they're not really imagining these, they're kind of remembering them, I guess. But then they put things on those items or have people doing things with those items that then tell them what the card is. And so they might go into their foyer walking in their door and they might see as they enter the foyer 
They might see a Donald Trump doll with its head wobbling sitting on top of their hutch in their in their foyer. And that might then stimulate to them to remember the King of Diamonds and they might think Donald Trump is rich and therefore King of Diamonds. Now, Donald Trump doll may not actually be in their house, but they're putting that there to really stimulate and help them with their memory. And so being visual in the way that we help our students remember things can really help them with that. Another strategy, which is really great, and I actually have an article on my site if you want to have a look at this one a bit further. It's basically to have the students work together, have them collaborate. It helps to reduce the cognitive load. They essentially get to share the items between them. And so it increases the number of items that they can work on together. Now they end up sharing like virtual scaffolds for how they are putting things together and how they're evaluating things. And it helps everyone that's involved in the process, whether that be the expert or the person who's just coming to it. You're really enabling students to reduce their cognitive load and handle more. And so one thing, a bit of advice I want to give you at this point too is if you're going to do a collaborative task, make sure that actually requires a high cognitive load because then everyone is required to do the activity. Whereas if it's a low cognitive load, then one person will do it and everyone else will sit there and be bored. I want to also stress that the most important thing when it comes to learning and cognitive load is actually the student's prior knowledge. It is the most important thing when it comes to cognitive load. If the student has no prior knowledge, then what you're going to give them is going to be a, have a large cognitive load. Uh, there's a really cool saying that basically says that what we can learn is dictated by what we already know. Now, we can only learn basically what is just beyond what we already know, things we can connect to our prior knowledge. And so when you think back, you know, when you first started to learn or if you're a primary school teacher and you're teaching kids for the very first time how to multiply or how to add, it's really difficult for those students. Whereas when they come to high school and I say, you know, what's two times two, they can very quickly tell me what it is. It's four because it's no longer new knowledge. Whereas if it's new knowledge and there's nothing to connect it to, then they're going to struggle. So you want to take where they are, and that's why it's really important for you to find out where your students are at so that you know what they already know. And then when you're presenting the next bit of knowledge, it can needs to just be outside of what they can do by themselves. It needs to be in that zone of proximal development where all they need is some instruction and guidance and they can learn it because they can attach it to things they already know, reducing that cognitive load and enabling them to really learn and apply and critique and analyze the stuff that's coming their way. So I just want to stop here for a second and just pause and think, as a teacher, just think how many items is it that you yourself can handle? Because we generally are the experts when we're teaching, and so normally we can handle in that kind of eight items type end. And then that tends to impact the way that we teach. We tend to kind of give our students more uh, items and we need to do it faster and faster particularly if you're trying to teach a subject area that has a lot of content that you're going to get through in a short amount of time you tend to just you know, you're giving them lots and lots of information but they're not going to be able to handle it you're going to give them a large cognitive load and so you need to remember that your students they're coming they're generally novices they generally can only handle around four items at once and so we need to try and make sure that we're breaking things down and only really requiring them to use the four as they're getting 
the content that's new. And then once they understand the content, then you might start to ask them to stretch into that six, seven, eight items as they're thinking about what they're doing. So right now, as we're thinking about what you're going to do today or this week, I want you to find out what your students already know. That's the number one thing. Find out what they know. And then you want to make sure that when you're presenting new information that you connect it to the old. Now, what they already know doesn't have to be academic knowledge. It can be any knowledge that they have. You're just making those connections clear and explicit for them that helps them to reduce their cognitive load and enables better storage of information. The next thing you want to do is make sure you're chunking the new information by what relates to each other, not just by the order of the syllabus. You don't just want to present things in whatever dot point order that you read the syllabus. You want to make sure that you're finding the bits in the syllabus that relate to each other, that cause this beautiful coherent picture and then present it that way. And make sure you're presenting that foundation, that important stuff before you present the next thing. Make sure they actually understand the first bit of content that everything else builds on and make sure that the content builds on itself. It makes the learning so much easier if there's this basic thing that you grasp and then it gets built on and built on and built on. Uh, So it must be connected. The ability to connect is really important for students learning and reducing this load that's going on in their brains. I want to encourage you to use mnemonics and to also, at the very basic level, clean up your presentations. If you're presenting information, make sure it's really clear. If you're doing presentations with uh, slides still, then please just have pictures on your slide that reinforce what you're saying and maybe one or two words. You don't need to have all the text that they're going to copy down on your slides. If that's what you're going to put on your slides, just print them out and give them to them and let them read it. You don't need to go through and present it if they can just read the information. So use the images to reinforce what you're teaching them. I don't mind if they write notes. That's not the point. The point here is that you're cleaning it up, that you're making it clear, make it easy for the student to get the information. For today, I want you to go, I want you to apply the stuff around cognitive load, reduce the cognitive load for your students, particularly as they come into new content. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all have a great week and I will chat to you again next week.